Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast. Hosted by Bunny Pounds, this podcast is created as part of our ministry to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, to vote in every election to impact our culture, and to help us engage our hearts in some form of civic education and involvement for the well-being of our nation. Please share this podcast and our ministry with your family and friends by asking them to take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. They can take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. We can all change America one heart at a time. We are here to serve you and empower you to be a leader in your community. Each week, we upload the audio recording of our weekly Psalms Bible study. This week, we covered Psalm 80. To sign up for the Bible study and join us live each week, visit our website at christiansengaged.org and click on the Bible study tab. live on Facebook now, ready to start this devotional for Psalm 80. So once again, good morning, Patty. So glad good to have you here as my co-host. Thank you, Matt. Glad to be yeah. your co-host. And all those who are joining us today, as you're starting off your Monday, I know we're post-Thanksgiving. Uh, good Monday morning to you all, and, and so glad that you're going to be tuning in here with us today. We're going to have a lot of fun again as we look at Psalm 80 here in just a second. And just a couple of quick things I want to start out with. Number one, remember the goal of this. Why is Christians Engaged doing this study? Why are we taking 30 minutes you know, on a Monday morning? Well, we want to teach you how to meditate on the Word of God, how to you know go beyond just superficial reading, which I think a lot of us, we can get caught up in doing. We just read something and it's like, the old college flesh system, it just goes away. We want to meditate on these things, get them deep into our heart, the Word of God. And then also we want to learn how to pray the Scriptures, meditating the Scriptures and praying them and making good application into our lives. So we're excited. Patty and I get to roll this out for you here today. But one other quick reminder, too, before we jump into this, tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. Tomorrow's Giving Tuesday. And I know if you're anything like me, you're getting bombarded with a bunch of emails about, hey, you know, what about this and what about that? Have you considered, can I just throw out there, if you're looking for a ministry or or an organization, uh, this is a shameless plug, okay, call it what it is. Not a sales pitch, it's just a shameless plug. If you're looking for somewhere to put your dollars, can I just prayerfully ask you to prayerfully consider giving to Christians Engaged and supporting this ministry as it steps forward into a brand new year. We're so excited with what God has done in this ministry and what we believe and know that he's going to do in 2023. So just food for thought there as we get started. So Patty, you ready to jump in on Psalm 80? Does that sound good to you? I'm ready to follow you, sir. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's look at this here. Um, you know, Psalm 80, the best way that I know to, to just summarize this Psalm in one line, if I had to do that, would be this, to make your face shine upon us. Make your face shine upon us. You know, we see the psalmist um, Asaph here, who, like many of the psalms that are attributed to Asaph, this is, we believe, a later Asaph coming after the time of David. Um, I think it was Spurgeon who was talking about 
how if this was the Asaph of David's day, then he would be singing of times here in the psalm of times that were not known to David. So we believe this is a later Asaph. And he is speaking on behalf of the community, on behalf of the people of God, uh, asking God to come and save them. And I think we could very accurately call this a corporate lament. You know, he's the psalmist is lamenting over the current state of affairs for God's people here for the nation of Israel. And I think there's two things that really stand out to me in this one, Patty. I don't, I don't know if they struck you as well, but three different times in uh, verse three and in verse seven and in verse 19, we're going to see this phrase, make your face shine upon us. This is like the, the repeating refrain throughout this Psalm 80. So we see that there. That, that really stood out to me in studying this. And then also we see a real striking use of this metaphor of God's people as a vine. We see that a little bit later on and as a vineyard, a vineyard that's being ravaged, right? Like we're going to see. So if we just kind of take this, here, here's my thoughts on this. If, if we look at verses one and two, just to kind of get this going here, we see that the psalmist is referring to God as the shepherd of Israel. So God is the shepherd of his flock, right? And I think that's such a beautiful, um, beautiful term. You know, God, God's a shepherd. He's your shepherd. He's my shepherd. He is our shepherd. What does a shepherd do? Well, a shepherd guides his flock. A shepherd protects his flock. And that's what the psalmist is very clearly calling on him to do right now in the midst of their distress, in the midst of their troubles, right? He's saying, God, come and shine forth. It's almost as if God has been asleep and now he's asking him, God, wake up, you know, come, come to our aid um, and take care of our enemies for us. And then in verse three, this is the first time we see this, where this refrain that we're going to see three times, make your face shine upon us, right? He's calling on God, saying, God, come and restore your relationship with your people. And, you know, when I was studying this here last week, I saw this uh, Charles Spurgeon I love anything by Charles Spurgeon. I don't know if you do as well, Patty. I just mm -hmm. I love the man and his depth. And I mean, just hits the nail on the head every time. And he has this to say, speaking of this verse, when, when it says, you know, make your face shine upon us and uh, turn us, oh God. Spurgeon says, it is not so much said, turn our captivity, but turn us. Mm. All will come right if we are right. The best turn is not that of circumstances, but of character. Wow. When the Lord turns his people, he will soon turn their condition. And I just thought, wow, that is, yes. that is awesome. <laughs> you know, when the Lord turns his people, then he'll turn his condition. And I think a lot of times we can go running, crying, seeking the Lord, you know, on our knees in repentance, whatever. But we're asking for maybe the wrong thing. We're saying, God, can you just make my life better? Can you make my Monday better? Can you make my relationship with this person better? And we're not focused on the heart. We're not focused on the character. We're not focused on the deeper things that God wants to turn in us. And I just, I just read this and it's been resonating in my ears for days now. It's like, okay, Lord, turn us. All will come right if we are right. Right. And I think Spurgeon, he's really outlining some basic requirements, some basic factors for revival. And that's truly what we're seeing here. You know, first, that there's a restoration, a turning of a people towards God. And I think that's what Asaph is doing here. He's saying, come on, Lord, turn us, turn us back to you. We've, we've lost our gaze on you, right? So there's a turning, a restoration of the people back to God. And then there's this radiant face of God. 
shining in all the goodness, right? His presence comes. And those are two of the basic prerequisites, if you will, for a change, for an awakening, for a revival to begin to happen. A turning of the people back to God from their ways, and then God's face begins to shine upon us. I mean, you look all throughout history, every great move of God was precipitated by a turning of the people back to him, right? A seeking, a true seeking of his face. So I just I just love that. I read verse three and just stopped there and just kind of was like, wow, there, there, there's a, there's the heart of it for me, Lord, you know, then in verses four through six, this is a question that we see him saying, how long, right? The psalmist is saying, how long speaking, we're in, obviously they've been suffering for a long time, right? And there seems to be no end in sight to his troubles. Um, this is a question that you see all throughout the Psalms. You, you just begin to read, you know, from Psalm one through the 140s, you're going to see it again and again and again. There's a, how long, how long, how long, God? How long are we going to have to stay in this place? And then in verse 7, he says again, you know, make your face shine upon us. There's the second use of that. And then in verses 8 through 11 here, we pick up on this picture, this idea of a transplanted vine, right? And, and I loved here how it says clearly uh, the vine has been transplanted from Egypt, Right. That's an obvious reference, I think, to the Exodus. You know, when when God's people, the Israelites, when they leave Egypt, God has cleared the ground for this vine. Um, he is, you know, set up the ground, planted it there. That's a reference, I think, to what's going on. The, the conquest of the Canaanites, their new location, the vine beginning to flourish. We know that Israel, that the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, they came to control the promised land all the way from the Mediterranean Sea to the Euphrates River, right? And so what, one of the things that I think is real interesting here, it talks about this vine. Vines are not known, for sure in my experience, vines are not really known for their great ability to provide shade. You know, I mean, that's not, a vine, it's not really in its nature. But you, you read this here in verse 10 and 11 where it starts talking about this vine representing Israel, representing the people of God, it's able to provide shade. It's uh, able to provide shade for the mountains, it says, and then also for the mighty cedar trees. I mean, what, what a, you know, what a great visual. I read that, but hang on, I've never planted a vine. I've never seen a vine that provides shade, you know, but it's, it's highlighting, I think, here in just such picturesque language, how God blesses his people. You know, those people that are faithful to him, those people that keep their face turn towards him, their, their eyes fixed on him. God blesses them and they grow and they grow and they grow and, and look at what they can do, right? Just what a great picture there. Then in verse 12 through 15, this next chunk here, we see the vineyard. Uh, you know, and it's really, it's a ravaged vineyard. Um, Israel is being ravaged. And you can, you know, clearly Asaph is saying, look, these are the troubles he's talking about, the picture being given. And he is calling I mean, I would almost say he is invoking God using a battle name. He's saying God Almighty. Other places you'll see, you know, this term God Almighty. It's the, the God of hosts, the Lord of hosts, right? Speaking of a Lord leading his army, right? And so he's calling him, come on, save this Lord. Come, He's calling on him as a warrior, right, to come and to save them. And, you know, you read in there, it says, anybody who passes by can pluck the grapes, right? I mean, that just what a sad state, you know, of a nation and of a people. And the, the, the boar, you know, ravaging the vineyard, right? But then here it changes a little bit, verses 16 through 18, where, you know, again, we see this cry again, revive us, 
right? Revive us, Lord. The psalmist, I believe he knows why they are in the condition that they're in. It's God. I mean, why, why are they experiencing the distress? What would be the reason for their affliction, their consequences? Well, Father God is the one who has, you know, inflicted these consequences upon them. But the psalmist also knows, God, you're the only one that can save us. Lord, it's by your hand that we're in this place because of our wicked ways of turning from you. But Lord, it's also by your hand that you're going to restore us. You're going to put us back to where we need to be, right? You're the one that can save us. It's Father God. And, uh, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying, there's no education to be found in the second kick of a mule. If you've ever heard that one. No. <laughs> My parents grew up saying that to me. And, and that, that's, again, one of those phrases that is echoed. There's no education to be found in the second kick of a mule. Oh, what does that mean? Well, when you get kicked once, you should learn your lesson. If you come back for a second, there's there's nothing else to learn, right? You're just, you're, that's the school of hard knocks. And I, and I think that's real, literally what Asaph is saying here. He's saying, God, revive us, um, restore us. We're not going to turn back from you, right? He's, as it goes into verse 19, he's saying, God, we're not going to make the same mistake twice. We've been there. We've done that. We got the t-shirt. <laughs> We took that first kick, but we're not, we're, Lord, if you'll, if you'll restore us, we, we, we're not going to do this again, right? And uh, Trimper Longman, another guy who I love to read, he, he does a lot of in-depth studies on the Psalms. He says this, he says, the psalmist calls on God in the midst of a threat to the community to come in power to save them. They recognize that God has punished them, but now they call on him as a warrior to rescue them. Right. And so that that's just that's what a, what a great picture that's being given to us. And, and again, I think the heart of that looking all the way back at verse three, again, to me, that's just the central part of this psalm. What, what I really got out of this, Lord, turn us. Don't just turn our circumstances or turn our hearts back to you. Let us be focused on you. Let us seek you with all of our heart, soul and mind. Right. And, and just in summary here for my thoughts, and then I want to turn it over to you, Patty, for any thoughts that you have here on this. I think that if we look at Psalm 80, you know, all these verses here that we've just looked at, if you begin to look at the Psalm from more of a New Testament perspective, it really brings your attention, I think, to something that's really important. In John 15, we see Jesus and what is he doing? He is referring to himself as the true vine, right? We have all these references to a vine here in Psalm 80. Well, over in John 15, we see Jesus saying, I'm the true vine and my followers, they are the branches, right? And in many New Testament passages, we, we pick up on this imagery of the kingdom, of God's kingdom being a vineyard. It's just the kingdom is being described as a vineyard. And so I think there's a beautiful parallel here. I think there's some real practical application that we can get today when we're looking at something like this and saying, wow. Okay, here in Psalm 80, this is a sad state of affairs. Clearly, they're not in a good place. They're, they're under affliction. They're crying out to God, you know, restore us, bring us back. Uh, they're looking for awake, an awakening to happen. They're looking for revival to come and sweep through, for things to be different, right? Well, what God once said about Israel when he said, these are my chosen people, well, guess what? Now he says that about you and I. What was once true of just Israel, it's now true for every man, woman, child. We are God's chosen people. And that's because of his son, Jesus Christ, and what he came to do, fulfilling the Old Testament, his 
perfect sacrifice. Well, now we all have that access to God. Now we are all his special chosen people, right? And we can see that what Jesus is saying here is that participation in the kingdom of God ultimately depends on us as his followers being united with him, right? That we are faithful to him, that we keep our faces turned to him, our gaze fixed on him, if you will, that godly character is first. You know, if I heard it once, I heard it a thousand times growing up from my parents, from my youth pastor, from others, that God is more interested in your character than anything else. You know, what, what is the goal of this walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? To become more Christ-like, to become more like him. So we are to be refining our character. We are to be honing our character, right? That we are pure, we're holy, we're righteous, we're blameless before God clean hands and a pure heart, living with integrity, right? And that we should always be seeking his kingdom first. And I think that that, when we begin to live our life that way, oh boy, then truly we are going to see his face shine, not just upon us, what the psalmist is crying out for here in Psalm 80, but again, you know, as a people, when we turn to him with that united cry, Lord, turn us, don't turn our condition, but turn us, God's face will begin to shine upon his people. This state this nation once again amen so i think it's just a beautiful song with some really wonderful tie-ins for us here today that we can absolutely glean from absolutely uh, by the way fantastic how do i follow that because you hit <laughs> the holy spirit was speaking to both of us as we were looking over this because I can only confirm and agree with with all you said, and 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 that's what came to me as well. When when um, I saw different translations about this Lord of Hosts uh, and Lord of Armies, um, and uh, it, it it reminds me that the people need to know that our God is Almighty and He is stronger than whatever we're facing, whatever armies the Israelites were facing from their neighbors, that God is the ultimate almighty army and he is all powerful. Amen. And so that, that came to me from, from your um, bringing that out. It was interesting how it said Lord of hosts and Lord of, and different translations referred to it differently, um, which then reminded me of, of the song. Um, I think it's a song. I mean, a lot of people say sometimes, you know, some of, some of the things we're singing in church are not always scriptural and that's true. But there are some that are very scriptural. So what came to me was the song about uh, angel armies. And um, I wrote down some some of the words. Um, I think it was, um, I think it's Chris Tomlin. It's, and so as a believer, we, we, this is what we would know in our uh, looking at this for personal um, uh for a personal response to this, I know who goes before me. I know who stands yeah. behind the God of angel armies is always by my side. Oh, he reigns on. forever. He's my strength. Um, you alone can save. Who shall I fear? So nothing formed against me can stand because you, you are stronger and you are faithful. So um, it just, and then, and then even the fact that it, it, it starts off with, you hear me when I call. Well, I think this is what Asaph was trying to say. We've been calling on you. We're not hearing you. Are you yeah. angry with our prayers? Um, and so yeah. um, this is an affirmation that you do, God, hear me when I call. And it, and in the song says, you are my morning uh, song because through the darkness of the night. So 
tying back to when I was uh, looking at this, this being, I hope this is correct, Pastor, a lament psalm. And so what, is it true? Okay, he's imploring. The one before was lament. And so so he was lamenting. And and what I love, uh, when I was kind of looking up I had heard of lament and and such, but I was kind of looking at some of the specifics and and it is a response to suffering so Mm -hmm. that, because it's an important thing. It's not just to wallow in a pity party, but it's so that we have hope. And so we do, we have permission in a way from ASAP to pour out our soul. It's not a random scream and a temper tantrum. It is in the night, a deep, deep, real expression that we are in pain and we're trying to exercise our faith in the only living God. And so he's the only one that can save. And I, I, I just thought that, that kind of gave me chill bumps, you know, it gives me oh, yeah. permission to not complain. I mean, there are complaining songs maybe, <laughs> but this is a <laughs> one that is in the, and I do a lot of complaining, sorry, but uh, I'm rather <laughs> me- melancholy and, and I, I needed permission to go. It's okay to say, Lord, why is this happening to us? Um, and then um, another thing that, that jumped out when you were talking about how uh, the vine, I, I went, straight to John 15. I mean, that was just so good. And some of it looked like, well, there were consequences for that. You know, um, let me, let me pull out John 15 when it was talking about the vine, uh, every vine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Well, that's pretty scary, right? I mean, uh, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it'll have more fruit. So, any suffering we're going through or consequences when we are a believer is, is to make us better, to make us more fruitful, to turn our eyes, like you were saying, get our attention and go, oh, that's right. You know, even like we know we're training a dog, you're trying to get his attention um, and, you, and you, you focus back on the only one that is really able to lead you. So um, I, I, I thought that was good. Um, in, in the lamenting to give permission to that. And somebody else called, um, I think it's an interpreting Psalms book called lament, um, Psalms, songs of disorientation. And I had not heard that before. Wow. <laughs> and it was like, well, could America it. be more disoriented right now? Perhaps, you know, the Israelites were, were, I mean, they were disoriented, like, what is going on? We've had this hedge of protection, which, by the way, I was glad to find. I've prayed that before. Oh, Lord, please put a hedge of protection. And it looked like this may have been where that that term has come from. There was this protection that the Lord had by a hedge for this vineyard. And now it has been taken away and the boar and the neighbors can can take of the fruitfulness. But um, so in, in America, we are disoriented, like things aren't. Like we pray and things get better. No, we pray and things are not getting better. And things that we can hardly imagine are, are being said and, and affirmed. And we're like, whoa, what is was going on? So to me, it was really a unique thing to say songs of, of um, disorientation. Uh, and so I love the permission to, yeah. to pour my heart out to the Lord, to know that his army is better. And I don't know where we are in time, but one other thing I don't, mean to keep going to songs no, 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 have, but okay but a song that really has been um 
important to me lately is the song Abide by Aaron Williams and Aaron Keys. And I wanted to give credit, Jake fought and it. Uh, I can't fodder. I think his name is, but it's a, it's part of the dwell songs. And it says, you are the way, the truth and the life. I am the branch. You are the vine. Draw me close and teach me to abide. Here I am, Lord. Um, would you teach me to abide? And so, I think our response as believers would be, okay, this is not good. Like you said, this is time for awakening and revival as we go through. Please, res- I mean, I love the repetition, like you said, of the yeah. shine your face. It's like we have felt in America that the Lord has shined, has been shining his face on us, but now we don't. It's like, are you letting us wither? Are you are you are you going to come back and and bless us again? And so we need to, as believers, abide in Him, trust Amen. Him. This is just mm-hmm. for a time, because we know where we'll be eternally, and having that assurance of where we're going to be eternally gets us through tough times, right? So um, it's sort of a divine discipline that we might be going through. Um, I also read, and then I'll finish because maybe uh, I want you to react if you do want to, or if you were in charge of the time. But it said that generally in the Psalms, one one quick statement you can make is God is good and life is tough. <laughs> so <laughs> this is true. We must know that God is good and whatever he allows is good, but life is tough and we suffer. Amen. Amen. So, That's it. Anyway. A- well, great thoughts, Patty. Could not agree more. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, like, as far as just a, a response quickly to what you're saying before we move on to closing this out, some good prayers here in a minute. Um, you know, these trials and these hard things that come, you know, okay, God's kingdom. I mean, we we are living in that age right now, right? And, and scripture says he takes us from strength to strength, glory to glory, one good thing to the next, no matter what's going on around us. Like you said, and, you know, there are certainly valleys and hard times and things that we walk through. It's like, okay, why am I here, Lord? And, you know, these valleys, I think sometimes they're just, they're, they're out of our control. They're, you, know, you look around this nation, you look around all these things happening. You're like, hey, I didn't sign up for that. Hey, I would have never wanted that, right? But it's going on. Um, there's things that are out of our control. And then there's valleys that are the result of things that we did, you know? Sometimes we get oh. it hard. We get into hard places, just, you know, people say everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is that we were stupid, <laughs> that we were foolish. We did, we, yeah. we did something we shouldn't have, you know, and so we have to walk through that valley. But if we allow God to refine and hone us through that, you know, just like Psalms talks, you know, refine us as, as silver in the furnace, right? Look at what a beautiful thing he can make from us. And, and he can take all that we have, you know, complete with all of our shortcomings and failures. And, and he makes something beautiful out of his people. And uh, what, what a great truth to, to rest in and to know no matter how bad things seem to be, no matter how bad things may be in our lives or in, in you know, our community, in our state, wherever we're at. Hey, God is good. He's on the throne today. Amen. Amen. Bruce, which brings hope, which is our reason to lament. Come on. Come on. That's right. I love that. That's why we hit our knees in true repentance, Dan, right? Such a great point. It's, it's an important, I, th- I love how you said it. That's part of the process, right? I think that's how you said it. That's an important part of that process. So we got to do it. Amen. Well, how about we close this thing out in prayer? And, and Patty, would you, would you like to lead us first? And then I'll just come in and follow behind you and 
Absolutely. I will. All right, let's do it. Oh, God. You are the Lord of hosts. You are in the yes, charge of the angel armies, Lord, and you are almighty and powerful, Lord. And so we do put our trust in you. And we ask you, Lord, as the almighty God, to cause your face to shine upon us, Lord. Thank Individually, you. Lord, yes. we implore you for we love you and and for our country. I don't, uh, Lord, you know, we read the Psalms and we know that these, this was something that Israel experienced, Lord. And yet we can identify and we are experiencing it as well. Neither of us, neither Israel nor me, myself, or our country, we don't deserve your blessing. But Lord, we're asking for it because we have had it before. We remember what it was like, Lord, for you to be blessing us. And because of um, the fact that we personally are believers, Lord, those that are believers, that we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, Lord. Nothing that we did, it's what you did. And so the remnant, Lord, I'm Matt and I, as a part of this remnant, we are crying out to you to bless our land, to bless us, to bless our families, and, and not selfishly. I mean, I can ask sometimes selfishly, but I want to ask you, would you restore us so that I can be fruitful, so that I can give you Thank glory? You. Would you seek? We seek your face and your face alone, Lord, knowing that our hope in you alone is, is our salvation, Lord. Um, so we we um, we ask, Lord, that you would help us to trust, that you would help us to abide, that we would know that you are the branch and we are, uh, I mean, you are the vine, sorry. We sometimes think that, Lord, that we, it's all about yeah, us, but it's sweet. not, Lord. We abide in you. Help no, us totally abide in you, Lord, and and for your protection and, and for all that we do. We want to trust you, Almighty God. You are our powerful Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes. And Father... Uh, Lord, I truly ask that you will teach us how to look deep into ourselves, Lord. Oh, yes. Lord. When we are seeking your favor, when we're seeking Please. your faith, when we're seeking your intervention, just yes, in our Lord. lives, Lord, as husbands, as wives, as as yes. parents, as workers in, in our place of work, as, as students in the schools we go to, Lord, that yes. when we're asking for you to come be a part of our lives and what we're doing, Lord, that Please. you would teach us how to look deep into ourselves. Yes. And not just focus on the superficial, not just focus on the circumstances and ask you to change those things and just make it better and, and give us a easy pathway out. Lord, Lord, teach us how to do the harder work, Please. the, the deeper work Please. of our character and honing that. God, that we would be the kind of men and women that you are looking for. Lord, uh, God, I think sometimes we, we say that, we pray that, we cry that, we we proclaim that from the rooftops, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. And Lord, just send me. And, and But Lord, we're just sometimes not ready for that either. We, we have failed to do the hard work of self-preparation, God. Yes. So I pray that you teach us. Just remind us again today, Lord, that in order for anything great to happen in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes, again, yes. in our workplaces, our schools, in our cities, in the state, in this nation, Father, we have got to get ourselves right first. Yes, that's where the buck stops, Lord. And, and you, you are more interested in 
our character development, Lord. You're more interested in how we respond to you, God. We are, at the end of the day, truly only responsible for ourselves. So let us not just be praying or seeking the quote-unquote wrong things, Father, that things that you will do in time, you will turn our condition in time, Lord, but you are more interested in turning us first and foremost. So teach us to, to draw closer to you today. And it's by the power of your Holy Spirit that we know that that can happen. And we thank you and we praise you for that this day, Lord, as, as we were talking about earlier. We thank you that, that that's what gives us hope, Lord. We are full of hope yes. for what you want to do in us, uh, not just today, not just on this Monday, Lord, but this week, this month, this year, every year for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name yeah. we pray. Amen and amen. 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 What a, what a great yeah. time. Thank you, Patty. It was a lot of fun getting to do this with you this morning. Oh, especially having just met you. This is just a delight. And I think there's only, what, two of these more? Two more two, two song more lessons. Left. So, um, and I can't believe Christmas is coming. But anyway. <laughs> It'll be here before we know it. Two, two more weeks of these Monday Bible studies, and then we're going to be revamping a little bit for 2023. So to anybody watching, keep stay tuned because we got some great stuff coming. Two more weeks here in the Psalms. And, and hey, just a final reminder, too. I'll come back and hit that one more time. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday, so it, would you just prayerfully consider Christians Engage? It's really easy. You can go right to our, our website, christiansengage.org, hit the Donate tab, and give as God leads you to give, however big or small that may be. Just thank you for joining us here today, and thank you again, Patty, and hope everybody has a I can't find a way. There we go. <laughs> a wonderful and blessed Monday. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Christians Engaged. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Also, please review it and share it with your friends. The easiest way to connect with us is to take the pledge on our website at christiansengage.org. There you can sign up for our weekly prayer text, our bi-weekly emails, and our voting reminders. Christians Engaged is supported by individuals just like you. Would you consider helping us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift? You can do that quickly at christiansengaged.org. What does America need in this hour? America needs you. We are here to serve you and encourage you as you impact your communities. Let's be Christians engaged for the well-being of our nation.